Welcome to It Came From A Podcast, episode 16. It's August 23rd, 2015, and today we're talking Marvel's Most Wanted, Civil War, BlizzCon 2015, Google's On Hub, and... Much more. That's right. Once again, you're listening to Came from a podcast where we curate pop culture for your inner geek. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm Sergio A.M. and joining me is Ricky Kazvan. What's up? So, Ricky, you have um, some some news, Star Wars related toy news. I do. So we have um, we got a leak for the catalog for Force Friday, which is in what less than two weeks now. Yes, and it has. It has basically all of the toys that are going to be released. That man, I feel so bad for my wallet. Dude, I I feel bad for my wallet because it's pretty much as empty as you could get in that in that budget. Dude, there's there's even a there's a fur, they're coming out with a Furby with it's called a Furbaka and it's like a know, it's dude. a Furby based on true. It makes sense. I'm just I don't know if Furbies are still a thing though. Are they? They're about to be if they're not. I mean, I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna buy one, but I, I want to buy one just because I don't know. It looks cool. It's a it's a <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's so. <laughs> the highlights for me are the Hasbro has the black the black series figures coming out, and those are those are always good because they they're a little bit more money, but they you know they put a little bit more detail into them, and the uh, the Kylo Ren black series figure just looks amazing, like the. The fabric of the clothes, like it, it's like actual mesh, and like the mask looks amazing, and the hood looks amazing, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to that figure. And also, they're coming out with this like humongous—I forgot the dimensions—but this humongous Tie Fighter that fits a six-inch figure inside. But I mean, this is like this Tie Fighter is like the size of like a like an iMac. It's massive. It's gonna be like 200 bucks, but I want to get my hands on that too because it's just, it's awesome, and it's and it's the new Tie Fighter too. So. Man, my, my wallet's gonna suffer on two Fridays from now. Yeah, I think as collectors, you sort of prepare yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, I will say that I am a fan. Like, the two things I do collect are always vinyl toys and oversized or very unique toys. And I like, I love oversized toys. Like, I think that's something that Star Wars figures should do. Like, um, they do with Motu figures, Mattel does. Right. Massive, right. like, 12 inch, I'm talking like the, big figures. There's, well, there. It, when you look through the catalog, there's some 12-inch figures coming out on Friday, so it's going to be, be dangerous. There might be some stuff. There might be some stuff for you there because there's definitely some 12-inch figures coming out. Yeah, we're definitely tr- trying to plan something live that would be fun to listen to. So we'll see what we come up with. So about a week and a half ago, back Sergio, Marvel dropped bombs on the people attending D23. Not literally, okay? Not literally. Not, not a real bomb. Come on, I I, I gotta be careful with what I say. Later. <laughs> um. As many had expected, they showed a teaser of the Civil War footage, which, by the way, just finished filming this week. Uh, Chris Evans and Anthony Mackie came out on stage to show the footage. The footage opened up with a fight between Crossbones, Cap, Falcon, and Black Widow, and Crossbones talks about Bucky. Then it cuts to the end credit scene from Ant-Man. It goes into that, and then we get a final confrontation scene between Tony and Cap. Um, and Tony tells Cap, sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. So... 
we I guess we we, we know how that's gonna go. Yeah, um, it's gonna hurt. There's some there's some more quick shots. We see Black Panther, and then it ends with Hawkeye opening up a a van, and Scott Lang walks out and was like totally starstruck by Captain America. So miraculously, this footage has not leaked online. So the only I mean, this is all going off of what people have written about. But um, you think we're gonna see a leak of this, or you think? We won't see any until like a teaser trailer, an official trailer. You know, if you, I have this kind of idea that if something happens and there's a, mo- there's a like maybe two weeks where that can leak, and if it doesn't, there's a chance it just won't. Yeah, I don't think this was going to. Um, that happens, you know, with the World of Warcraft movie that never leaked. That trailer never leaked from Comic Con. I think it was what two years ago, not this year. It never uh, leaked. Two years ago, never. I was leaked. there. It never, it never leaked. The thing is, and um, D twenty three has a. Uh, even a, like a stricter po- Comic Con doesn't really have a policy. Um, they actually weren't allowing phones, I believe, inside the 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 hall. So I think they were doing a check for phones and stuff. So that's probably one of the reasons why there were no leaves because it was a lot harder to get a phone in there than it is for Comic Con, which you know it seems to have done the job because there. I mean, we didn't get any leaks from anything else either. So um, yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll see anything until we get a teaser or a tr- or an official trailer or something. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they also showed some, not footage, but some animated motion video showing uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. So, granted, that we're never going to see either. So, um, But I can't wait till we get some kind of footage. Or yeah, I think that, that was more of slides. Like, they were giving, like, yeah. presenting the mood and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait. I think that's going to be like my most anticipated movie in the Marvel yep. Universe since It's going to be... Ant-Man. It's going to be... It's gonna be the most different. They have the the director from Sinister, um, directing uh, that movie. So it's gonna be a darker, more twisted take on. Um, I think the director said it was gonna be Marvel's version or Marvel's Fantasia, which is just saying it like that is like, man, what are they gonna do? That's awesome. I can't wait for that. So while we're on, we we're talking about Marvel. A little while ago, we heard some rumblings about a spinoff show based on Bobby Mockingbird and Hunter from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you guys watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, they were uh, two new characters that were introduced in Season 2. Mockingbird's one of the Avengers in um, in the comics. Um, she's actually become my favorite character on the show. Um, but then it was rumored that the producers had decided to keep her and Hunter on S.H.I.E.L.D. instead because they were so popular, they didn't want to take one of the most popular aspects of the show out of the show. Um, but now, it looks like these two are indeed getting their own pilot called Marvel's Most Wanted, following their post-Shield adventures. So there's really not that much information on that. Just, they're going to make a pilot. I'm really excited about it. They're my favorite parts of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. now is going to go into the whole uh, Secret Warriors thing with, with Daisy Johnson kind of um, heading a, a, a new secret team of powered um, S.H.I.E.L.D. operatives. So I think this will be a good time for, for these two characters to kind of split up and do their own thing. And uh, I'm pretty excited for that. The more Marvel on TV, the better, I say. I think it makes sense. I think they're going to start doing this more often where they start rooting out their mm-hmm. their you know whatever if you want to call it like a platform where they start pushing these characters onto their own series and just dominating i mean that's what marvel's yeah. doing and no one can complain uh, no one can say otherwise uh, people actually like hate it said. and uh, i can understand why i mean if there's too much of a good thing you know it becomes a negative almost but but so far even though there's a lot of it it's it's been good for the most part so um they've been pretty consistent but one of the reasons this makes me really happy and I brought it up before in the podcast. Uh, Mockingbird is played by Adrian Pilecki, who 
was in that really, really, really bad Wonder Woman pilot from a couple years ago. So I'm I'm really glad that she was able to bounce back from that and um and kind of she's doing really good now in the Marvel universe. So I'm really happy for her because she's I think she's awesome. She's great. She's she's good to look at obviously, but she's also a pretty good actress and um and she's awesome, awesome in that role. She's got the right like build for it and she's she's really good with the martial arts stuff and so yeah, I'm really she's not a puny chick or anything show. like that. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So Patrick Stewart, uh, Captain Picard himself, confirmed that he will return to the big screen as Professor X in Wolverine 3. In an interview with Collider, he said there's a project in development. I understand that Professor Xavier will be making more than an appearance, however, and that intrigues me. So as we all know, this is Hugh Jackman's last movie, and I'm really glad that Professor Xavier is going to be in it. Um, And Patrick Stewart's version of Professor Xavier, I think it's gonna be his last go at the role as well. Um, I thought Days of Future Past was gonna be his last his last go at that character, so I think it'll be fitting for him to be in Hugh Jackman's last movie because you know those those two those two characters shared an interesting bond in in the movie. So to see them kind of yeah, and since X Men one, if you think time, about it, yeah, Wolverine and Xavier and, have always been like, which, and that was like sixteen years ago. So it's it's been a cool, it's been a wild ride, and and he's been. Patrick Stewart has been in every single Wolverine standalone movie, so I think it's fitting for him to be in, in the last one, and we'll get to say goodbye to both of these of these actors in these roles that who have become super iconic for them. So yeah, dude, I'm a I'm a big Patrick Stewart fan too. So too, I am man. I'm. It sucks to see him getting older too, because I mean, since Star Trek, you know what I mean? Like he felt old yeah. in Star Trek to me. He already looked he he already looked old in Star Trek. Yeah. The good thing about that is that even though he's aged, because he already looked old in Star Trek, it ha- I mean, you can tell he's aged, but it's it's nothing like drastic either. You yeah, know what I mean? of course. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm hoping this last Wolverine movie will actually be. Great, because the last two to me were eh, like okay, but the, it the has first potential. One was ter- the first one was terrible. Um, I actually enjoyed the second one, the one in Japan. It was fun. Yeah, this one, yeah, this one's rumored to 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 be the, or at least have parts of the old man Logan storyline. So I think that'll be a really fitting way for uh for Hugh Jackman to go since he's already a little bit older. And stuff, I wanted know? them to kill him off, like you know when. Wolverine dies in the comics. It's such a big right, epic right. thing. So, like like I said, I'm I'm keeping my my thoughts open on how it's going to be, but let's hope for the best. Sergio, you liked the uh, Mad Max Fury Road, right? Yeah, I actually saw it again this weekend with my wife. Wow, um, it's that good. It's you can watch it a million times and it doesn't get old. It's not the same on a smaller um, screen, though. I will say that. No, that that's a movie that, if possible, you should have seen in theaters because like. The explosions and like the car chases and it was just that that movie is is a definition of a spectacle. Yeah, it definitely is a miracle. <laughs> well, there's a strong rumor that the movie's director George Miller is in talks to direct Man of Steel too. Um, he was actually weeks away from directing Justice League Mortal, which is the original yeah. Justice League movie planned before the writer strike, and then the writer strike happened, that got canned, and um. And then they, they did Man of Steel eventually, but dude, if this guy directs a Superman movie, it's gonna be one of the best superhero movies of all time. Look, let me let me say this. Although Mad Max was amazing, like I loved it visually, 
I don't know if this guy has the chops for a story, though. Let's talk about the Mad Max story, like, just in one minute. Okay, so... There's it's, no story. It's There's a no U-turn. Story. I call it U-turn. Like, it should have yeah, been called yeah, Mad no Max U-turn, because that's what it is, right? Like, let's go this way. Oh, crap, let's go back. But then, if you look at this guy's history of, of work, it's all Mad Max and Happy Feet. And he's gonna <laughs> And he's going to direct... A full movie on his own. It's just I, that's what, what scares would, me. What I would do because I think, as a director, I think he has the chops to pull it off. They need to get a really strong writer. It's a, they have they to build him, a, a strong team. You're right. Yeah. If they give him a super solid script, I think he has a huge potential to get that script on screen in an awesome way. Because he's really he seems to be really good with actors and get the most out of his actors. Um. So I, I just if they hire a really solid writer and they have him direct the movie, that movie's gonna be something special. Yeah, I can't. I I think I I'm a, I can't hide the fact that I'm a little nervous about it. But this is his his way to prove us wrong. And remember, this is coming from me, who I absolutely hate Superman. Um, I love Superman. I I would be very on board with with this happening. And again, it'll be cool. I'm sure. Since he was so close to directing Justice League, I'm sure there's a piece of him that, like, you know, has to get this out of his system. So yeah, of course. It'll be cool for him, too, I think. Well, let's see how it turns out. So it's that time again, as always, as it always is. It's time for Thing of the Week. Thing of the Week. The, the, the thing of the Week. Keeping it short and simple. I, I swear simple. we're going to record that one day. We just, it's just <laughs> a pain. Anyways, Ricky, what is your Thing of the Week? So my thing of the week is, uh, it's a first for thing of the week. <clears throat> it's a pair of sne- it's a pair of sneakers. So they are Adidas Yeezy Boost Low Blacks. Um, these are the the Kanye West shoes. Oh uh, no! <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going there. Oh dude, the, they the went pricing. on sale August twenty second, and they sold out online within seconds. Like the previous versions, they were very limited, and only select retailers received them. And when they did, they only received a couple of pairs. It was only like one or two stores in Miami, uh, where we are. And um, you had to enter a, a, a raffle. And if your number got picked, then you got to buy the shoes. Um, the new model is constructed with prime knit, which is a breakthrough material developed using Adidas' most advanced digital engineering techniques to fit like a second skin. So there is some and tech. Rid- was- yes, there is some tech. There's there's some really cool tech used for building these shoes. Um, and they have the Adidas Boost technology which is supposed to make you, like, a baller on the basketball court or something. The reason why I brought these up is because I've been trying to get my hand, my, my hands on a pair of Yeezys for such a long time, and I, I can never do it because they're so hard to get. Um, these went on sale for 200 bucks, so hopefully eventually I'll be able to get my hand on a pair of these. So let me ask you, would you wear them? Absolutely. See, there's a the thing. I'd wear them, but I'd be super scared to wear them at the same time because they're so exclusive and because... Um, they're expensive. I actually, I've held them in my hand. Uh, for the last, the last batch that came out, they were, they looked a little differently. They were high tops. Um, we we kind of had a pull at work, and one of the guys, um, his number came out, but the the size that came out was not the size that I wore. Um, so I couldn't keep it, obviously. Um, so they ended up selling them. They gave me a, they gave me a cut of the profit, which I I've said I'm against selling stuff. Um, but I couldn't wear these. So I, I sold them. Well, I was going to say, and, if they're um, bigger, what you do is you put some napkins inside. <laughs> well, they were smaller. Oh, never mind. So I have, I'm a short guy, but I have big feet. So, um, But yeah, so eventually I'll get my hands on a pair of these. 
I don't know, dude. My history with sneakers died in middle school where there was, uh, there was a name for it. But pretty much if you ever brought new sneakers to school, everyone would stomp on them. And that was a big thing because I'm from California, Ooh. Southgate, California. So pretty much, hey, look, new sneakers. Hey, nice shoes. And there goes the white, you know. So then that <laughs> yeah, crushed all yeah. my dreams. And I'm sort of glad I'm not going back to that. <laughs> Anyways, my thing of the week is Banksy's unveiled Dismaland. Dismaland. And uh, yeah, so he he unveiled it this week and it was pretty amazing. Um, So I'm guessing you've seen it. I'm guessing most of the world has seen it, right? This is Banksy. Everyone's seen it. I love, I mean, Banksy is, is Banksy. How do you not like Banksy? And and the fact that he he took something that I love and hold so precious, which is Disneyland or Disney, Disney in general, sorry, and twisted it like on its whatever, like it's. It's awesome. Yeah, it looks... I mean, I think it's the biggest thing I've seen him do like that. That It's just... It blew my mind when I figured out what it was. And so, yeah. to avoid all the artsy jargon people love using, because this is one thing I dislike about the art world, is that people tell you what this is sometimes, when I don't think that's how it should be. I think you should, hey, sit in front of this piece, take what you can from it, and that's what, you, what it is to you, right? But, uh, you know, people love using all this jargon online. If you read online, you'll see all these articles about telling you what this really is. It's pretty much a dystopian reflection of Disney theme parks. It has that whole, is this a joke on us? Are they making fun of us? Or is this saying much more? Well, you know, to each their own on that end. But um, I, I just take it for what it is. It's really great art. And I see something different in every piece. Like, I do like there's two holes on a wall and they call it like a selfie hole. Did you see that? I did. Your face goes in one hole and then your arm comes out to take the selfie. Like, you know, you can't say that's not a joke on us. You know what I mean? Because it's true. I'm going to say this because one thing is like listening to us talk about it. But if you guys are listening to us, you have to go online and see the images of of this thing. Because it's, you have to see it. Like, it's, one thing is describing it, but it's just visually, it's so awesome the way that they did it. Um, So go online and, and actually look at the images of of the park because it's awesome Disneyland. i mean that's the perfect name that's exactly like i saw it and i felt depressed it looked like it was a rainy day on a crappy uh you know vacation day but um so 50 artists have contributed to Disneyland, and it's located in north somerset in the uk and goes on until september 27th unless someone finds a way to shut it down earlier which i wouldn't be surprised if disney is trying to find any way possible to do so um there's a i think there's a sign there's a sign on, from what I saw in the pictures, there's a sign at the front that says, uh, like, people who aren't allowed, and the last one is, and Disney's lawyers. Exactly. So, it was yeah, something I along be those lines. Yeah. So. Uh, tickets cost less than four euros, but if you can't make it, the internet is flooded with a ton of images, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, of the park. And we also have a link in our show notes for an interview with Banksy by the people of Juxtapose Magazine. So check that out. This week, Google finally announced the code name for their next mobile OS, which we've known as Android M for now, and it is Android Marshmallow. How appetizing. Right? Uh, this, goes, of course, goes along with all of their previous ones to stick to that dessert theme because I, support, uh, you know, I suppose Android is very delicious at the end of a meal. It normally is. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing I check after I eat. Um, I personally like my, uh, my Kit Kat. Well, I, I don't even know... What version are we on now? Marshmallow. Kit Kat. Remember, it's alphabet, alphabetical. But, right. right. Lollipop. Right now. Okay, Lollipop was the previous it. one, yeah. yeah. So as is tradition, Google placed the new Android statue holding a marshmallow. almost said mallow again. Sort of like a mascot. So, you know, they have like every version of their OS on the lawn. And um, it's just 
you know, it's tradition now. And they do have. So what are they? Mm-hmm. What are they gonna do when we get to Z? What 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 suite is there with Z? I mean, they could probably use numbers, I guess, or they could just go backwards and start adding different ones. I don't know. I mean, like I said, we might die by that time, so it wouldn't even right, be re- right. relevant. The robot apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we'll be taken over by that time. Probably started by Google. I, so. You never know, dude. That's the problem. <laughs> um, all you need to do is break into Google Info, and there you go, man. There you go. So um, they have this really cool behind-the-scenes video about that, by the way, about how they made this, the statue and why they chose these names. And normally, to give you like a little bit of insight, it's pretty much the developers were eating you know, desserts, and they're like, let's, let's call it this. And that's what it's stuck <laughs> to. I mean, as simple as that, right? And you can check that in our show notes, so you can check that video out. Some more googly news. Uh, the big G, the Goog. You see what I'm coming up with here? I think it's working. Mm-hmm. And the, I like the big G. The big G, right? Um, they have announced the OnHub smart router, which they claim to be a new way to Wi-Fi. Now, I've been waiting for something like this for quite some time now. And what is it? Um, a smart router. Why? Because I have an Asus router that costs like 300 bucks. I have a TP right. link that costs 150 bucks. Pretty much both work the same. I am a little disappointed, but I've had problems with all of them. So in other words, if you pay a little bit of money, problems. A lot of money, you'll still get some of those problems. Problem. It's pretty much a simplified nice-looking router from Google and TP link. Rumor also has it that Asus will be releasing one later this year, so I'm guessing this may be a partnership of some kind. And um, I would go for the Asus one personally, but, I, you know, TP-Link isn't bad, though, to be honest. So on um, the OnHub is on the high-end side of things, of course, with a dedicated Google On app to make setup phase much easier. That, but that setup phase can be killer to people who don't know what a, a router is. That's that's the worst part, man. Yeah, so having an app for it, I mean, I think that that's awesome. Uh, the app also allows you to run a network check, keep an eye on the network, and control it from anywhere, regardless of whether you're at home or not. And um, I think that's an awesome thing to have. I'm surprised most it's, don't. It's so important nowadays. People want to be on top of... of- all of their home systems, even when they're away or whatever. So the fact that you can do this with this is is awesome. Exactly. And um, there's a lot more to the device, of course. If you want to know more about that, uh, we'll have a link for you in the show notes and on our website. So make sure to check that out. Uh, But pretty much, it is just another push into the internet-connected home by Google. We've seen this with Nest and how they have, you know, they're they're buying out these properties that make the internet-connected home a actual thing. So let's see how that turns out um, because I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I know some people fear Google. I, I sort of embrace them. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you got to be on the winning side here, and this is definitely the way that things are shaping. Exactly. So I'm okay with giving to, be, away better my to info. Be, better to be on board and reap the benefits of it than to go off the grid. And, and like I said, you know, if someone decides to hack into my Nest account and find out at what temperature my room is in at all times, like, go ahead. I don't. You know, I don't, I'm not that protective see, about what that. If, what if, like, they, they turn it up to, like, 80 in the middle of the night just to mess with you? Well, I mean, I'll probably I'll, save me I'll money. <laughs> They'd be helping you in the long Trust run. Trust me, you don't want to know what my electric bill is, and I'm completely serious about that. Anyways. <laughs> dude, my, my, mine was really bad. Mine Trust was me, really dude. bad. Trust me. So, like I said, you can um, – well, anyways, you can pre-order the OnHub for $200, although they may currently be out of stock – uh, I think they are, and they do have a release date of August 31st. I did manage to get my hands on one to review for it. Uh, it came from a box, so you can expect a video on that in about two weeks, and I'll let you know if it's you- worth the price of entry. 
Some more Hearthstone news. Last week, we finally got a launch date for the upcoming expansion, the Grand Tournament, and that is August 24th, which is tomorrow, this Monday. And why didn't they tell us earlier? I have no idea, and it makes literally no sense to me at all. Um, People leaked that date earlier, like in the month, and I just don't know why they decided to make an announcement like a week before, which is a little weird. When, whenever, whenever I see Hearthstone the Grand Tournament, I keep on thinking it's a national tournament, and I forget that it's the name of the expansion. Exactly. And yeah. I keep on be, like thinking like, oh, there's gonna be a huge Hearthstone tournament. Exactly. And and I think that's a problem I've had with it, and a lot of people who don't really play that much or don't know about it take it as that. I, I keep thinking. You know how obviously you know this, but how Dota has the international. I keep on thinking the Grand Tournament is like Hearthstone's version yeah. of like, like, like the big, massive, like worldwide, like event but just a freaking expansion yeah uh that's the confusing bit um uh, that's what i took it as when they first i because they everyone wanted them to announce a tournament mode so you can play tournaments online easily right Right. but that's what it is not all 132 cards for the new expansion have been revealed so you can take a look and get an idea of what you're getting into and if you like what you see you can pre-order 50 packs for 49.99 and get a special uh the grand tournament card back only available thir- during that pre-order. Now, the thing is, um, they also will have a midnight release. So that means tonight I'm not sleeping and I'm going to be hopefully playing some games by that time with the TGT stuff. And we will do a special on it afterwards. So get to it before it's too late. You have only a few hours. Since we're on the Blizzard topic, BlizzCon 2015 virtual tickets have gone on sale this week for $39.99. This event takes place during November 6th to 7th, and if you couldn't land a ticket to physically get over there, this is now your best bet. And even if you're not going and you just want to watch, it's completely worth it. I've been doing it for like the last five years. Uh, For those who don't know, this is pretty much a detailed live tour of the con with all the big announcements, contests, events, and more broadcast to your browser in HD. And I've been doing it, like I said, for five years, since 2010, and this is um, something that I do all the time now. It's just completely worth worth, uh, the admission. I will be going over to your place to watch this. Dude, please do so. I I love watching this thing. I watched it at, I think, three different jobs throughout the last five years. And (laughs) um, along with that, you also get the exclusive in-game loot for each of their games, such as World of Warcraft, Diablo 3, Hearthstone, etc. And for the first time ever, this is actually really cool. If you bought a virtual ticket, you get the option to add a BlizzCon goodie bag, which is what they hand to each physical attendee at the event. And it contains some cool Blizz-related merch, but you know that's exclusive to the con but know that supplies are limited and by that i mean that right now if you're looking for it there's a chance that it is gone so you know what i really want to see and i'm sure they're gonna talk about it and show stuff because they haven't they did last year then we haven't heard that much from it um i want to see some stuff for overwatch yeah overwatch like i said it's it's in beta right now and i didn't say that actually it's in beta and it's a new property that i think is more along the lines of tf2 which is like that kind of like battle-friendly, fun FPS For those of you who don't know what TF2, it's Team Fortress 2. Yeah, one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, that game's awesome. Yeah. That's actually... That's actually the only game that I play on Steam. Dude, I have ever played on Steam. I have ever played on Steam. I've played TF2 since Team Fortress Classic, and it is one of the... (laughs) What I I consider the the, the best version of a first-person shooter, because if you play Counter-Strike, you'll know that the community is more cutthroat. Like, it's like, what the hell? You'll have a bunch of, you know, 12-year-olds cursing in ways that you didn't even know they should know these things. You know what I love about about Team Fortress 2? So we have it... we, We all have it secretly installed on our computers at work, and it's one of those things that 
through Steam, and it's one of those things like if we have like if we have like ten minutes of, of free time, we can jump in a quick TF2 match, all play against each other, and then just go back to work because it's the way that it's set up is you can just jump in there quickly and, and play a quick match, and it's like it's not like an, like other first person shooters. So that's what I love about TF2, yeah, exactly like that, simpl- that simplicity, and I hope that Overwatch is the same way. A lot of people have tried to duplicate that TF2 formula where it's like it's a fun, happy go lucky kind of feeling game right. where you can take it seriously or you can just go around and set a bunch of mines in one doorway and wait for someone to come by to blow them up. Right, very simple kind of right. stuff like that. And I feel like Overwatch has that potential where it can have mm-hmm. that casual but pro style to it. So I'm I'm very excited about it, and um, so there you have it. BlizzCon can, gets bigger every year. It's definitely worth checking out, and you can get more news on those games and more. All right, so we're gonna do nay or yay and why trailers and upcoming movies. Mm-hmm. All right, so first off, Zoro Reborn. So I'm a massive, massive Zoro fan. I grew up on the black and white show. They used to show it on Disney Channel late at night. I would stay up just to watch it. I loved um. The, the movies, uh, there was some French movies that they made in the 90s in, or the late 80s that I loved as well. I loved the first Antonio Banderas movie. I was obsessed with it. So I love Zorro as a whole. Um, this is going to be Zorro in a post-apocalyptic future. Um, sure, why not? I saw some concept art. It, it gave me a little bit of like a Daredevil meets, um, I don't know, iRobot vibe. So I'm all for it. I love... Uh, I love Zoro. Seeing him as a vigilante in the apocalypse, why not? Yeah, um, me and my wife love the movie from the '90s. Like we, I, I mean, as a kid, I saw that and I, I just fell in love with it. I don't know why I loved it so much. It's sort me of weird too. to look the legend, back. The, the legend, the Legend of Zoro was awesome. It was a fun film. I really loved it. Anthony, man, Anthony Hopkins and Antonio Banderas together—that was awesome. Didn't it feel like a Batman movie? Right, like it almost felt it, like it, a Batman movie. That movie, that movie was like exceptionally good, man. Like it was really good. fun, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a big yay from me and my wife. Like we're both gonna w- go watch this on the day of release. I think it's just an, an awesome concept. Instead of doing the same thing, let's remake that movie again. Let's go bring it to an apocalyptic setting, you know. And I think that makes right. a lot of sense because at that point, you know, think Mad Max, right? Where there's like no law, like there's no, n- no, you know, no one to protect the people, kind of thing. And that makes sense. It's just, it's just something that falls together Except well. For it. Except for Zorro. Exactly. Now, next up, Masters of the Universe has a writer now. So how do you feel about that? Uh, yay. The 80s are coming back in a big way. Uh, Masters of the Universe is one of those properties that, I mean, <laughs> we need to get past that Dolph Lundgren atrocity from back yeah, then. Yeah, so I... Let's... Uh, Let's let's start fresh with this one. I grew I grew up with Masters of the Universe. You know, like it's something that's always been ingrained in my head, engraved in there. Like just like, you know, it's really bloody in there. Always there. I love Masters of the Universe, and I a part of me sort of feels like there's no way you can make a good movie on it, a live action movie on it. But you know what? Like uh, I'm a huge, huge Skeletor fan, and I would give anything to see an awesome Skeletor on screen, on the big screen. So for me, it's a big yay. Next up, Victor Frankenstein. You saw the trailer. What do you think? So this looks awesome. Obviously, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is one of like those classic stories everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody. One of the first books it's, it's, I read in a school library. Yeah, me as well. And um. James McAvoy as Frankenstein, or as he says in the trailer, it's not Frankenstein, it's Frankenstein, and, and uh, Harry Potter, uh, Daniel Radcliffe as as Eeyore. It's um, 
it's awesome. It's the the visuals that strike me the most because it, it it feels like a, it kind of like visually it feels like a, a modern like Guy Ritchie like Guy Ritchie Sherlock almost the way that they shot London mm-hmm. and stuff and like those movies. So um, I I'm looking forward to it. I hope I hope that they focus more on the story than on the substance though. It's kind of hard to tell from the trailer. Um, but what I got from the trailers that McAvoy and and Radcliffe seem to have um really good chemistry and I think we're gonna see a relationship between Frankenstein and um between Victor sorry and e- and Eeyore that we haven't really seen before um it's gonna be more of like a Sherlock and Watson kind of thing so I am I'm pretty excited for that uh, so my end uh, yay why I am a massive classic monsters fan like Universal Studios seen mm-hmm. almost I think I think I can say every classic monster film from Universal at least and right. a, I'm a huge fan of Hammer films, like the Hammer horror films. I've seen all the Draculas. I've seen Horror of Dracula. Love it. All the Frankensteins. And they have such a great take on the Frankenstein character. And I feel like a lot of people have not seen those films because they're from the 60s, 70s, you know. And those films are, for the most part, missed out. They seem low budget, I suppose, or something like that. And people don't want to see them. But seeing this brings me back to that. And what's funny is I've been watching them again in the last few months. So I am a big yay on this. I feel like it's the kind of story that is more fleshed out and not the simple, oh, I'm just going to steal bodies, put Frankenstein together. Oh, no, it didn't work. You know what I mean? And I will I will add this. The trailer did a really good job of it. They didn't really show the monster. I hope they don't show the monster until the actual movie comes out. It's probably not going to happen, but I, but I really hope that we don't see the actual thing until until we see the movie. I hope so too. I mean, I really dislike when they give away so much. Right. Part of part that reveal of what he's gonna look like, I think, is gonna be part of the fun of going to the movie. So, I really hope they don't let me down and and release like a publicity picture or something. And last but not least, the witch. So I just saw this trailer like right before we recorded the podcast, and um, I'm usually not a fan of horror movies or like suspense movies, but this looks really really. Really creepy. It looks really well done. Like when you're watching the trailer, I think one of the things that they say, like that the, like one of the title cards that pops up is like, when you watch this, you feel like you shouldn't be watching it. Exactly. And that's exactly that's that's exactly how I felt like when I saw like the, the trailer. Like it was just like, it was like really getting under my skin and like it was just like oh man, it's so it's I guess it has to do with the, the pilgrims coming. To America and dealing with like some kind of like possessed wood or something where there's like a witch or something, but I don't know. This is right before really the witch trials, so it's like right. okay, uh, maybe it's, it's the origin of it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So yay. Ops. Yeah. I will. Uh, I'll have to go watch that one alone because there's no way my wife is coming with me to watch. Oh, that dude, one, but, we're um, gonna watch it. So it, you can yeah, watch it with us. Sorry, we'll hold. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. So. Of course, it's a yay on my end. Um, it definitely gives a, a grittier version of, like, the village vibe, you know? Right. That's, a, that's exactly what I was thinking. But maybe this one could be done well. The village was done okay, <laughs> but I just think... I, it, didn't, the, I didn't mind the village. This, this looks like it's going to be better than well, the that's village. That's what I'm saying. But, I would um, never watch the village yeah. again. Is, right, is my right, the right, witch right. has this like like you mentioned that quote it does have this thing like you're almost in a voyeurism kind of setting yeah. where you're like right in between something awkward you know and i mean there's no big faces you know like there's no like uh george clooney or there's no like angelina Jolie. you're not seeing these big celebrities on there to like sort of you know knock you out of the fact that this is a film it looks like someone recorded this back then 
Well, no, not really. I can't say that. But it just looks really creepy. You get a really dark vibe out of it. And I feel like it's a fun time, dude. Like, that's going to be a fun time in the theater. So, yay. I I agree. So, that's it for the week, folks. Once again, I am Sergio AM. And I'm Ricky Kazan reminding you to... Hey, check out our D23 special while you're at this RSS. Shameless plug. That's not shameless. Now, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook and Google+. So check out the show description for those details as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast and help us out, the best way is to subscribe and share. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just manually by adding us to your favorite podcatcher through our RSS feed. To your friends, family, enemies, personal robotic butlers, anyone you can think of, we'd really, really appreciate it. We really would.